This is This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. World! It's Sunday. It's a fantasy football Super Bowl Sunday. It's a get paid Sunday. It's a bring back Trey Sunday. You know what time it is. It's Moneyline on a Sunday morning. And I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5, is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's up, Jerry? It's the Super Bowl, my man. It's, I can't believe we're almost through another season. I'm hyped, man. We got some big plays for today. It's going to be a fun show. We got to make it fun. We got to make it informative. We, we got to win, right? Because if you made it this far and then you're listening, you're saying, I made it. I don't know how I made it through this COVID field season. I don't know how we made it to, to playing football on a Wednesday, but I'm here. I'm in the Super Bowl and I need you guys for money line. So we're going to do it right here. 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open all show long for your needs because I know that that's what you, uh, have right now. It's, we're going to say needs because some people need a miracle after what, uh, Alvin Kamara did, right? Oh, or, I'm uh, one of those people. All right. Or, or some people might say, I just need to win, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not behind. I'm not ahead. I just need to, to be on the right side of these plays. So again, at Moneyline975 was where you can find us on Twitter, 713-780-3776. What's going on, Juggalo Trey? Welcome back. Hey guys, um, it's good to be back, you know, trying to avoid the COVID apocalypse, but uh, everything's been good. I got some AirPods for Christmas and it's good to see you guys. Nice. Nice, nice. Happy holidays to everyone listening. Again, this is a, many people asked on Twitter, are you guys going to be in studio? Because you know, right now is, is a, is vacation time in the radio world, but we couldn't do that to you guys. We would not do that to you guys. Every year we've been here, we always show up this week, although everyone's on vacation because it's the most, it's the most pivotal week in fantasy football and gambling's almost over so here we are again the phone lines are open for you let's get on the right side of things any um anything recap uh, after yesterday's games the three games that we saw yesterday because i know i know the way that that raiders game raiders dolphins game ended it it was movie like it was man my eyes were all on the, the tampa game i had leonard fournette going in that game so that was the one i was really concentrating on i didn't have anybody in the night game so i I kind of watched it from a distance. I didn't pay careful attention to that one. I uh, I got a new grill for Christmas, Jerry. So I was trying that thing out last night, like a Paul Wall grill. <laughs> yes, or like that a, was one. Yes, yes, exactly. No, I got. What if Josh put out a grill right now and said, "Look what I got"? That would be good that we're on Twitch and everybody could see that. <laughs> that would be pretty. The sweet. new people's champion. Okay. Yeah. So you- now we were making steaks and hanging out, and and I was wearing my grill while cooking on my grill. And uh, it was a good time, man. I was uh, I was really wrapped up in the Cardinals game as well because I have Kyler Murray in both my leagues. So the first two games I was all over, but by the time the night game came around, I was like, yeah, I don't have any Raiders. You know, I, I don't have any Dolphins. I, yeah. I'm good. Now let's talk about just quickly about these games because there's a, cu- a few key takeaways. Okay, on the first one, we knew that 
the Lions were coming in with trouble with the coaching staff being under COVID regulations and, and protocols that they had to be separate, separated from the team all week long. Okay. Tampa was playing for something bigger, a playoff berth that they haven't had in years. They uh, punched their ticket in, but this is my thing. Can that Tampa team win in the playoffs? Do you think Brady, I, and I ask you because you're always you're always a pretty good judge on Brady. You were always in his corner last year whenever I had checked out, you know, and you were like, not yet, not yet, or or the year before. I'm sorry, the year before. Last year we kind of saw a, a, a little bit of fall off the cliff, but you saw him pick it up somewhat this year. Where are you at with Brady uh, as of right now? Uh, obviously the season, could, do you call it a success? Did we already paint him in the playoffs no matter what? I mean, where do you call this? Yeah, man, that's what – that's, this is what we expected. I'm I'm back all in on Brady now. I'm I'm seeing the the arm strength is there. He doesn't look like Peyton Manning in his last season. You know, to where he could barely get the ball yeah. down the field. We, you know, his deep ball accuracy has been very good. I think it's just, I think we overreact too quickly sometimes. You know, he has all new receivers he's working with, and you know, a new coaching staff. They're working in his place with Bruce Arians, and then, you know, the, the off season they, they didn't really get one. And Brady brought up too that. He did a lot of working with his receivers during the week when he was in New England. That's when they would get a lot of work done is after practice. And he said in Jacksonville, it's just too hot. You know, they haven't been able to get out there post-practice and and work on the little things between Brady and the receivers because everybody's kind of spent from running around in the heat. So he said now that it's, it's not as hot, they're starting to get that work in more. And you're seeing it. You're seeing Mike Evans and Godwin and those connections happening. It's working. So I just, I think it just took a little while and I, I think we do that sometimes. We're so easy to jump to a conclusion when really, you know, it just took them a little while to, to build that chemistry with these guys. So I think, you know, mission accomplished. They made the playoffs. Watch out for the Bucks, man. And their defense looked good yesterday, too. Of course, you know, not much that they were going up against. I was sticking to that theme, overreactions, and I'm not going to say this is or not, but where do we stand at with Kyler Murray right now? Because I want to say that we've overreacted some in the term that we all of a sudden he, had, he started this season – Really well, and then you know some even the conversation of MVP talk not not at the top of it, but he was in the middle tier, you know, trying to get there. Then he lost on uh, to, to Russell in in prime time, and and that was that kind of shut it down right there. But in my eyes, though, I don't think that he is, and we know that he wasn't always supposed to be the the greatest of pocket passers, right? And I'm not saying he's he's bad, but I don't think that his perception of the depth of, of of the field is is correct if that makes sense you see him under throw a lot of balls when he sent sent in the pocket and yesterday it happened on that ball down the you know down the right hand side of the field he threw an interception in in the end zone yeah, that, um, that was a killer too it, it's a killer and, and and how many balls did he throw Hopkins way that he didn't even give Hopkins a chance to make a play even on the last play of the game where he threw it Hopkins didn't have a chance he threw another ball that Hopkins didn't have a chance and you're thinking just just give him a chance even I mean it, just just give him a chance don't throw it into the ground and at one point or another it it's it's he's fantastic in, in his acceleration I think it's more his his acceleration not so much speed because obviously a lot of these running quarterbacks have speed but his acceleration to be able to whenever the Blitz gets there to find a little hole, and he's so small, and then he can. But at the same time, it, it hurts him in the in the aspect that he's so small that he he has to like I don't, I don't know. He, it just I watch him so often. I bet Cardinals often, and I'm just thinking, man, his perception of of the depth of the field and targets when he's when he stood still and, and three step back and look, it's not there, man. It's not it's not that sharp. It's not. But I think one of the problems is Jerry is when when he is getting rushed like that and he's trying to make something happen. 
he has to find weird angles to get the ball off because he's so short. Yeah. You know, and those guys coming in on him are, are big dudes. So, you know, he can't just throw it like a normal quarterback could or it's going to get batted down immediately. So he's got to find those those weird little lanes and sometimes a weird arm angle just to get the pass off. And and yesterday, too, I mean, what, I mean, we had what Hopkins had one he could have come down with in the end zone. Yeah. That he got hurt on that play. And then Christian Kirk had one where he got popped and he dropped the ball in the end zone. So th- those could have been a couple touchdowns, but it, it just didn't go his way. As of right now, if, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray? Oh man, that's tough. I and that's t- and that's, that's why tough. I ask. You know, it's uh, because every year, and that's why I use the term overreaction because we overreact. Like, man, I would build my team around him, hey, rather him than Lamar Jackson. You know, that was the that was the reaction this season. Like, okay, we overreacted maybe to Lamar Jackson. I'd rather take Kyler. Well, right now where we stand, would you rather have Herbert or would you rather have uh, Kyler Murray? I'd almost rather have Kyler Murray because you know some of his RPOs you see and design runs are re- really add a new element, but. It's close. Justin Herbert has a cannon of an arm, and he really does well in the two-minute drill. So it's 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 close, but i got to give the nod to Kyler. Yeah, I, I think I would go with Kyler, too. Just because in today's NFL, I want a quarterback that can run. You know, I, I know Herbert's not Tom Brady. He's not a statue, but, you know, I want a guy that can run a little bit. And then in the night game, we're talking about guys that maybe not pan out because, okay, I, I think this one's easier, Tua or Herbert. Man, I'm going Herbert all day. And then the Dolphins got to be feeling some type of way here. Now, Coach Flores comes out this morning and says that the starter next week is Tua again, and he used a term basically like if they need to put in the relief pitcher, they will. That's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. This is football. This is NFL football. I don't want to because then then you're throwing in the element of timing because if he's going to – it's up to the coach to pick the right time to pull Tua out because he can't get the ball downfield. I mean, I heard heard Kurt Warner talking about that he can get the ball downfield more than Fitzpatrick. So I went and looked at this. Tua throws for 6.7 yards per attempt. Fitzpatrick, you saw what happened yesterday. As soon as they threw, put him in, he got the ball downfield, and they ended up going down and winning the game. That's what, that's what you get. I'm sorry. To a, I just hate that. We overreact on these guys, maybe what they were in college, maybe because the name. I know he's a fantastic kid. I'm not taking that anything away from that. But we need to take a step back on Tua for a second and just look at when he plays. Man, he can't throw that ball outside the numbers well. It, it, it seems when he has to throw that ball outside the numbers, it's, it's Lamar Jackson-ish. You know, and I'm not going to say it's that bad because he gets it there, but it's more like of a bullet. But it's 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 the receivers are never really catching it at the numbers when that's outside the num- outside the numbers. He, he he's having to throw it. They're having to make good catch. He uses the tight end a lot up the seam and cat tight ends getting laid out. He puts them in bad spots. I'm not a believer in Tua. No, he's got some. Matt Liner to him, where, you, know, you know, where the ball loses velocity, you know, Ooh, yeah. like a little bit of that going on. Oh, Matt Liner. I didn't think yeah. we were going there on a Sunday morning, but hey, this is where we're going to go. The we're up against the first break. 713-780-3776. Go ahead. The phone lines are open for your fantasy needs, for your gambling needs. I'm in a lot of DFS tournaments. So we're going to talk a lot of DFS this morning. It's Monday Line ESPN 97.5. Into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net.
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. It's Houston's biggest and baddest fantasy and gambling football show. Every single Sunday, this is what we do. But this is more of a special occasion. I should have wore a, a tuxedo shirt, something like that. Maybe some drinks in the house because if you made it this far, hey, you earned it. Today's your big spot. And if you didn't make it and you're still listening to us, thanks. You know, maybe maybe it's time to get in this DFS side of things. Maybe it's time to bet a little bit of money. Josh has been having some good luck as far as, uh, man, don't, don't be afraid to bet these in-game parlays with player props. There's a lot of angles to those. There are, man. I, I've come so close where I'll get like two out of three. And that's the challenge, right? That That's the trick if you're going to just bet a little to win a lot you have to have a lot of things go your way but yeah I mean I was on the Vikings the other night with uh you know Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson going over their yardage total I tell you I'd say maybe four weeks in a row I think I've got my put your name on it right and the secret every time has been betting the rushing yards over for the starting running back against the Texans think of you know David Montgomery all these guys have been going Gio. on Jonathan Taylor exactly and that's where I'm getting at Jonathan Taylor did it for me. Oh, I had the over on T.Y. Hilton's receiving yards last week. So betting the number one receivers over on receiving yards and then betting the number one running backs over on rushing yards has been paying off. So I'm on Geo this week, and that's in a different league because James Robinson isn't available to me. Here's what worries me about Geo is he had a huge game last week against the Steelers, right? But he's not on the field nearly as much as you think he is. Like P. Ryan's out there, and, and other guys are playing. But when he's been on the field, he's been getting touches. So I, I have to think he's got a shot to do something today. So I'm going to pull up his rushing yard over under and, and see where it's at. And if it's reasonable, I'm going to fire on it. Yeah, that uh, you saw last week, a lot of people are going to be living on the recency bias. He had yeah. his biggest week. I mean, how do you not go back to the well going up against this defense? Now, a lot of people need miracles. I said miracles. We're going to do a little bit different today. At the end of the show, you know how we put our name on something. We're going to have that last segment open. For your miracles, whether you end up against Alvin Kamara and you say, I lost already, I need this kind of miracle, or you're just saying, I need this for my guy, we're going to let you put your name on something that you need. Whether it's, I need Patrick Mahomes to throw four touchdowns, two to Kelsey, I'm going to put my name on that. So at the end of the show, we're going to tease it all throughout the show. We're going to open up the lines. We're going to do it different today. We're going to let you put your name on something to end this show. So go ahead and and have that ready, and and when we open it up, go ahead and fill it up because it's going to be limited spots. So again... Um, let's start right there with the Texans game. Let's go ahead and start breaking down these games because we got a lot to get into. Anything yeah. from a gambling persp- uh, aspect or, or fantasy, what do you like about this game? I, look, I, like I said, I, I like Geo a bit. I think he could do something. I, we talked about this before the show, that the Texans are just snake bit this year. Like Nothing ever goes right for them. The end of these games have been a disaster. So I have any kind of trouble... You know, betting on the Texans. You've seen the way you know the Colts game ended, and even you go back a ways the way the Titans game ended. You just can't really trust these guys. So the one one play I do like this week, I think David Johnson gets going. I think you can you know put him in your DFS lineup. He's no, he's a reasonable price. I think he's a guy you might want to target this week. Bengals tenth most points to the fantasy football running back position. Um, I guess that you have to go there. I mean. 
at the price, no one's going to be on him. You know I mean, you don't go wake up and say, man, I'm starting David Johnson today. We're, t- we're taking this to the house. Now, one person that's going to be on a lot of people's radar is Deshaun Watson, deservedly so, because you know that the Bengals can't create pressure. They're second to last. And you know that under clean pockets, that's where Watson's 20 to 2 touchdown interception ratio. I think he's going to get his. I don't know how much, though. Do you think that he gets enough to maybe uh, overexceed the team total expectations of 26, 27 and a half? Oh, man. <sighs> four touchdowns, basically. Do you think the Texans can score four touchdowns today? I, I No, I wouldn't bet on it. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened, but I wouldn't bet on it. I, you know, the offensive line's not going to be quite what it should be with Titus Howard being out. So that, that certainly doesn't help. I know it's not a, a, a great defense they're playing, but I don't know. I, like, Kiki QT, look what happened last week. Like, I can't depend on these guys, man. And Most of this season, I've done very well either betting on or, or betting against the Texans. But I'm in one of those spots now where... I don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know what I mean? I, I, I just don't. I, I think against the Bengals, they should win. But if they screwed up and, and missed a field goal at the end of the game and lost or didn't cover, that wouldn't surprise me either. If one was going to try to stack the Texans because the Bengals are a team that you can stack against that defense, yep. would you stack? Would you bet on Brandon Cooks to be able to beat William Jackson? Or do, would you bet more on Kiki? And I know I'm not even going to use the term bet. Would you rely more? I guess I'm not going to even use trust because that's a strong word. Or would you say Chad Hansen has a better chance at, at, at being that two guy? Oh, man, I, I think since Fuller has gone down, the amount of targets Kiki has, has gotten proves that they, you know, he's, he's a big part of the offense. For me, I would be on Cooks and David Johnson in this one. And, and keep in mind, it's going to be a little different today. You know, I, I just. I think this game could kind of be more lower scoring than people think. That's kind of where I'm leaning. But the thing with David Johnson is, is with Duke going down, he's catching a lot more passes. So that's the thing where, you know, for Daly, I think David Johnson, people don't realize he wasn't catching the ball early in the year. So he's really saving a lot of his production with, you know, catching little screen passes. So look for that today. Also, look for the deep ball. Bengals cough up the NFL's third most 20-plus yard completions. That's what Watson's been excelling in. They've talked about it all year, how accurate he's been throwing the ball downfield. He gets it downfield. I think that someone burns off to the house somewhere throughout this game. And that's why I ask, is it going to be Cooks? Is it going to be I, – I, I don't know, man. Maybe Chad Hansen can get behind the defense and, and burn one off. I don't know. But someone's going to – I think that – I do think that they could score 28, 30 points. And I, I'm just trying to figure out where. And a lot could go on David Johnson. Maybe one through the air – and one, maybe one on the ground, maybe two on the ground. This could be that blow-up spot for him, if ever. If ever, this is it. And I think on the other side of the ball, one of those guys is going to go off. And I think most people are not going to be on A.J. Green. You know what I mean? For for obvious reasons. So I think maybe A.J. Green could be a decent, you know, dirt-cheap option in daily fantasy just because the Texans don't have any good corners. And speaking of wide receiver options, another guy that's popping up in a lot of the optimizers I using, I'm using T. Higgins. Yes. Straight up on DK, he's like a plus 4.7 value. On DraftKings, he's like, or on a FanDuel, he's like a 3.7. Um, that just goes to tell you that he's going to have opportunity. I'm just scared of the quarterback, and, and not. I don't know what to expect. 
But I can tell you right now that they're going to get looks. I mean, what else are you going to do? Especially if we're sitting here talking. What have we talked about right this whole time? That that Watson and I said that they could score 28, 30 points. Meaning that the Bengals game script is going to say that they're going to be chasing this game. Maybe Geo catches a few balls. We know that the, the Texans have historically struggled against pass catching backs. Maybe he gets one on the ground. This could be a, a stack Watson and bring it back with Higgins or 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 uh, AJ Green. Um, or or go the other way with Geo and Green or Geo Higgins and come back with Watson. Um, you can find if you think there's points in this game. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a bonanza, but I think there's going to be points in this game. I'm with you. I, I think Geo and maybe AJ Green or Higgins are some sneaky plays to get in there. And I'm telling you, I think I think this is a David Johnson game. I, I think he's going to do something today. Let's go to another game that uh, involves another team in the division with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears. I want to go here because David Montgomery is popping up in yeah. a ton of optimizers. That's the top guy. Tell me a little bit about why you think that this is happening. I mean, obviously, Trubisky's playing decent. That's certainly helping. Allen Robinson's getting the ball. You know, David Montgomery, for several weeks in a row, he's been fantastic. And it all kind of started... You know, with him popping off that 80-yard touchdown against the Texans, and he's just been rolling, and that was to start the game. So, you know, Montgomery has been playing really well. I, I think, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing from the Bears. I don't think they're good, but I think they're beating who are who's on their schedule, and they're Plus taking they care of they control their own fate. They too. do now, and, and Jacksonville is terrible. You know, half the team, anybody that plans on being on the Jaguars next year. They got to be hoping that they lose. They control their you know own fate I mean? too, though. This is the the path to Lawrence. But, so, yeah, and then they're starting Glennon, and, and they're not playing James Robinson. They don't look like they want to win today. So how'd that coaching room go? You know, he comes in, and all the players are sitting down, and then they're like, "All right, the objective this week." They turn on the you know the the projector, and then it's like, then they have a picture of Lawrence up there. Yeah, and then, we don't need to say nothing, boys. But you already know Robinson. You're on vacation, mm-hmm. Minshew. You're on vacation, Glennon, you're in. Glenn is looking around like, what did I do to deserve <laughs> this? This is um, kind of off topic, but uh, like next week, Texans play the Jags. You want to keep uh, Trevor Lawrence out of the uh, the division? Maybe let the Jags win? Ooh. That's hilarious. The, the Texans are too dumb to, to do that. That That's the problem. They're, they're, they're too worried about keeping Deshaun Watson in games to where he's getting sacked on the last play of the game when they're down by 30 points. Romeo Cornell's out there trying to win that last game. Yeah, he We're going to take this. We're going to take this momentum until next year. Okay? And you're thinking, you're not even going to be here next year. Yeah, not- Romeo thinks he's going to be auditioning for another head coaching job, getting these wins at the end of the season. I don't even know if you're going to be here next year. No, he better not. <laughs> But, I mean, motivations, what's getting thrown out a lot of this Bears game, a lot of stacks. Are you a fan of, of, of Mitch Trubisky, maybe stacked with Allen Robinson uh, in a blowout? Say, say the Bears yes. do score 35 points? Yes. And, and just think about this. I think almost for nine, ten straight games, you've had number one quarterbacks against the Jags. I mean, it's like... Two, three touchdowns and 300 yards for every quarterback that faces the Jags. I don't think Trubisky's going to be any different. I don't think it's going to be any different either. In uh, in suicide pools and knockout pools, they, uh, they're they the highest-owned ones, so everyone's riding the Bears. I've seen about 24% of the remaining people um, are on that. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to maybe uh, be able to make it, man. This will be the first time to make it all 17 weeks, so here we are. Um, it's Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.
Trey Wingo. You're listening to ESPN 97.5 Houston. Hello. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Got to let that kick in. My life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. Welcome back to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. And hopefully you're in the sunshine after... The fantasy uh, scoring is done this week. Hopefully they, the sunshine is on you and that trophy or that money. Forget the trophy. Some people just do it for the paper. And let's go to Lamont because he has a point. And we spoke about this um, pre-show. He says, I'm not sure it's that easy for the Jaguars players to be playing for Lawrence. I can see coaches in front office, but those players are still playing for incentives. Um, that, that's what we were talking about before. Like That doesn't make uh, Glennon miss throw a wide open third down pass, but does that make the coaching staff not put him in optimal positions? And that's the whole thing about it. I mean, yeah, how many third and longs do you want Glennon? And and they're telling you everything that they need to tell you whenever they put Minshew out. And our guy Ozzy from Twitch says that they took Minshew out because he got cornrows, and that could be a factor. But just knowing what we see here and Robinson, you see all these little things, it's like, okay, they didn't expect the Jets to, to go out and shoot themselves in the foot. As soon as that happened, I guarantee you that the, the executives uh, in, that, in that front office was, were texting each other saying, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. And if you're DJ Chark, who do you want to be your quarterback next year? And, and not only them, but other executives within the division. I guarantee you other people were like, are you kidding me? Did the Jets just really do this? Texans, you know, Titans, anybody. You're just thinking – why did they just do this? Why? Are you, I mean, just think about that. If Lawrence it pans out to be who everyone thinks he's going to be, that means you're going to have to face this guy for eight to ten years. You know, like think about the people who have to play Mahomes twice a year. Yeah, think- <laughs> no, no doubt. And, and to Lamont's point, you know, the Jets did what Lamont was talking about. They went out and won a game when nobody thought they could win it, when everybody thought there was nothing on the line, that the players, you know, perform well and run and won. But – the Jags are, I mean, they're not even a professional football team from a talent standpoint. Do you I think mean, they could awful. beat Alabama? Well, you always get into those conversations, right? Like, yeah, a pro team's always going to win, you know, but they are awful. I mean, they are really terrible. Let's get over to the HRP listener line. My man Brandon's been waiting. What's going on, Brandon? You're on Money Line. Uh, yeah, I got uh, three players. One needs to sit um, David Montgomery. Uh, DK Metcalf and Austin Eckler. I would start uh, Montgomery and Eckler. Yeah, sit DK. Yep, definitely sit DK. And uh, yeah, and I'm not even going to ask what kind of scoring or anything. Just there's a lot more questions around DK against that uh, against that defense. But for sure, yeah, those two guys. As far as everything that I'm running, and I'm tell- I'm running in about six two hundred and fifty dollar lineups, a one five fifty, about twenty five hundred dollars worth of DFS lineups. Um, it's a big day for me, and I'm running Eckler. Montgomery, real hard, Sanders. Those are the three guys that, and then Gordon. Those are the four guys that I'm rotating around, and and I'm trying to fit different guys um, into those. No, I agree with you. Look, it's hard to get away from DK Metcalf. He's been spectacular this year, but 
I, I think you're sure you're going to get more touches from Eckler and Montgomery. And when you're playing in the Super Bowl, you, you want to give your best, you know, your best chance to win is by getting touches. And with no Keenan Allen, you would think Eckler gets even more checkdowns, right? Yeah, exactly. Let's get actually to that game. Do you have any kind of read on that game just from an overall perspective? Because I like where you start, Keenan Allen. So obviously there's a lot of, of share to be, uh, to be passed around, the share that he holds. Um, opportunity. Who gets this opportunity? Is it is it a Mike Williams game? Um, because we know that Hunter Henry's out, and and that's, yeah, I mean that's that's a big deal, huge. I mean huge. So where do we go with this? Because Allen, we're not going to say Allen can't beat you deep, but he's a, a real good possession receiver. Mm-hmm. Henry also he can get you the moving the sticks. So what happens with Eckler? Are we going to see all this get funneled more towards him? Not all of it, obviously, but do we see? him get uh, surpass eight, nine receptions today? I think so. I mean, if you know, put yourself in their position. If I'm Justin Herbert, I'm going to be looking for Mike Williams all day. You know, that, what else am I going to do? And Eckler out of the backfield. And, and sure, I mean, the, everybody tries to shut down Eckler every week. Usually they're not successful. So I, I think you just you roll with the touches and, and hope he pops one. How about from the Broncos side? Do you what, – what? What Drew Locke do you get here? In that first matchup, he went off. He was the overall quarterback six the first time they played. Can he get another performance like that in, in, if they're down? Because we know that they are missing three defensive backs. They've been that's, that's been the way um, the last few weeks. They're missing defensive backs. They're getting thrown on. But then for some reason, Drew Locke can play from behind. Just garbage points. Do you think that there's anything to him? Maybe pairing him with the tight end. I mean... What I don't like about Locke is, you're right, some weeks he can jump up and have these big games, but he's so inconsistent. You know, I hate rolling the dice on guys like that where I don't really know what I'm going to get from week to week. So I'm probably going to stay away from Locke, but I love me some Melvin Gordon this week. And a little revenge game action for him. You know, Philip Lindsay's not playing. I mean, and that's been kind of the issue with Gordon, right, is he hadn't caught a lot of passes this year. Maybe that changes today. I'm all over Gordon. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and say it here. He's one of the must-haves, I believe, in, uh, in DFS as well. I think that you could fire him up confidently. Again, there's going to be a lot of ownership funneling to those guys that I tell you Montgomery's probably going to be one of the most heavily owned oh, guys. Yeah. Um, Sanders, he's going to be up there as well. And then if you go down just a few steps, that's where you can get into Melvin Gordon, a little bit under him, David Johnson. And that's where you can maybe, uh, I guess, separate yourself from the field. That's going to be interesting, those running backs, because as far as wide receivers, it's all over the place. You have about two or three guys with Hill, with uh, Calvin Ridley, and then after that you already have DK Metcalf, for example, as far as pricing. And We just talked about there might be other better spots. So a lot of the money is going to be funneled into the higher-priced running backs in DFS. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And you brought up Tyreek Hill. You know, that hamstring, you have to worry about that a little bit. And, and what if they get up real big? You know, how, maybe they don't need Hill a whole lot in the second half of that game. That was a big lesson yesterday, right? Was, I mean, that, that Patriots game was over by halftime. You know, Brady didn't even play in the second half, did he? I don't think he did. So, you know, like, I had Fournette in that game. And then they just they stopped going to him because they didn't need him anymore. So, Keep in mind, we're at the end of the year, and if you think one team could just smash the other team, then that, that could be an issue where some of your starters don't see the field enough. How much field does Tyreek Hill like, get? Because let's, let's talk about that. That's one of the highest stacked games this week because many are going to go Mahomes to Hill or, or uh, Kelsey yep. and then come back with Calvin Ridley. Is that something that you would gamble on, or do you, 
I guess, stack within that game and say maybe not through the pass game, maybe Le'Veon Bell through the ground game gives you some kind of diversion off the highly owned guys in the pass game. No, that's a good point. Knowing what to do with Le'Veon Bell this week is tricky. Is he going to you know, have the ball the most of the time of that backfield, or are they going to split it between him and Williams? I don't know. That, that's hard to know. And with Andy Reid seeing Edwards Elaire go down, is he going to want to give Le'Veon Bell 25 touches knowing that he might need him in the playoffs? Or maybe they just throw it all over the yard because that's what they've really been doing lately. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. They're just going to throw the ball. And um, and surprisingly, the Falcons are good against the run, but then you can throw all over them. So then that makes sense. That's why I asked, okay, so if they get a big lead in Hill, he's got a soft tissue injury. Do you keep pressing the, the envelope there? Or can this be a, a Miko Hardman game? Because he's popping up on a lot of optimizers as well. If Hill, for whatever reason, tells the coach during the game, hey, I'm going to use me more of as, as a decoy out here. Don't say anything, but I'm not going to go ahead and go 100 and, you know, I'm not going to push the envelope out here. Use Miko on the deep ones. Whatever the case is, is it more of a Kelsey funnel it that way? And if that's the case, do we lean more towards the under or do we think that the Chiefs can score 35 or 40 points because they know that they can lock everything up? This could be the last game of the season for them and then they get right. Right. So at least the first half, you got to think they're going to come out guns blazing with, guns that, blazing. with everything they got. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well maybe look at that first half because they're going to come out guns blazing we know that without julio jones the atlanta falcons have trouble moving the ball consistently so if they can't move the ball consistently and then you have the chiefs punching them in the head with pass plays this could get out of hand quick it could and last week you know matt ryan had a really nice game without Julio Jones, which we don't see that happen very often. Typically, when Matt Ryan's without Julio, he doesn't have a good game. But I don't think that continues this week because they're on the road this week. So I I think Matt Ryan's going to struggle. I think Calvin Ridley will still get his. So if you think Calvin Ridley's going to get a lot of yards this week and fantasy points, I would say you should get over to my bookie because that's where you can hit those player props. And and that's what I've been – I've been cashing lately. I, I told everybody during the first segment, I've been betting against the Texans with my player props, with over on the rushing yards for the running backs facing the Texans, over on the receiving yards with the main receivers facing the Texans, and it's been paying off. Sometimes you find that angle, and you can just keep exploiting it week after week, and you do it at my bookie. and what's so awesome about doing it there is when you win, they actually pay you. We talk about it all the time. You don't have to do the gamble on the gamble. So all you do, you go to mybookie.ag, you open up your account. If you put in promo code radio, they will match your deposit. You put in a hundred bucks, they'll match it with a hundred. Then you got two hundred dollars to bet with today. If you want to, maybe you want to get on Gio Bernard against the Texans and his rushing total. It, He'll probably get there. It, the trend is still going live and well, and you want to do it at my bookie. You got the NBA going now. I mean, they have everything. MMA, that's where Jerry likes to get his, you know, his bets down on the fights. Boxing, they have everything at my bookie. It's the best place to do it. You want to get your account started today. It's mybookie.ag, promo code radio. You bet, you win. They pay my bookie. ESPN 97.5. We'll be right back after this break. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. 
Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. It's a Twitch roll call. Shout out to everyone. The Rods, Total Dallas, Crystal, Jermaine, what's happening? Uh, who else we have here? We have the Milkman, as always, and he uh, he doesn't see the uh, Red Bull in sight. Things are good. And there goes Josh pushing the buttons. But, yes, there is a Red Bull in the house. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. We appreciate you hanging out. If you're not on Twitch, go over to twitch.tv backslash ESPN 97.5. We have a little fantasy community, a little bit of everything going on. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, man, this is this is what you wait for all season, right? It's the Super Bowl. You're, and what's kind of sad is – there's no more fantasy after this week. You know, you still have daily, but the, the leagues are over for the most point. But I will say this. I'm very happy that we got to this point. We, you know, we didn't know with COVID if we'd be sitting here week 16, yeah. you know, playing the fantasy Super Bowl with, you know, all the teams are playing. You still have some stuff happen, like the Browns not having any receivers this week. Or the Broncos, no quarterback. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a couple <laughs> strange things. Like, if you have Jarvis Landry and you were counting on him this week, you're not real happy. But you know what? We got to this point. So, you know, I'm just glad that the season went off, and it makes me feel confident that, you know, next year we should be good to go. Let's get into more of these games. Let's get people confident. It's a big, big Sunday, and then we're going to let you put your name on something. So go ahead and get that ready because it's going to go down. Let's do it. All right, we already kind of hit on the the Denver game last segment. So let's get to this Cleveland game versus the Jets because we know with with all the COVID issues, all, all these starters are, are down for the Broncos as far as their pass catchers, or not Broncos, but Browns, I should say. I mean, you got to think it's a big Kareem Hunt game, right? And Nick Chubb? Chubb is going off. He's he's really expensive in the, in the DFS world, and that's where I ask myself, can you confidently spend that much on him knowing that Hunt's going to get his as well? At what point, do if they get a lead, do they just back up and say, all right, let's start splitting this down the middle? Or do you take that chance because other people are going to think that same way and other would, people would say, I'd rather spend – a thousand less, twelve hundred less on Montgomery, and he's going to get all the touches. Does the ownership percentage go down on one side to where you take it? For me, I would go with Hunt because he's a little less expensive, and I think Baker's going to target him more in the passing game because he doesn't have any better options. Yeah, well, you make a great point. Funny story. Um, I just saw that the Cleveland Browns with their new wide receiver, they had a walk through in the parking garage to get them ready. So. That's that. I guess that goes to show who who Baker's going to be targeting. Is there anything yeah. to the Jets' defense at bare minimum? Bare minimum of the DFS world. Bare minimum going against practice squad guys getting ready right now in the parking lot. Uh, what do you do? I mean, if you the Jets can stop the run, they can. But <laughs> like we said, Quinn and Williams, I think, is out for the year, which is one of their best players to do that with. But I think you're right. That, that This could be a sneaky, ugly, low-scoring game where you can get the Jets for dirt cheap. And they may not give up many points. They probably won't. And on the other side of the ball, maybe it's finally an Austin Hooper game. Who? You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe this is finally the week. They paid him all that money. At least he's not in the parking lot learning the playbook like Trey was talking yeah, about. Good point. Yeah, Baker's going to look for anybody he trusts. Yeah. He's like, oh, I know you from somewhere. Yeah, so if you want to go dirt cheap, a little sneaky at tight end, Austin Hooper might pay off this week. And that's about it that I have from this game. Like I said, I don't know where the Jets are mentally after after pulling off those shenanigans and uh, maybe the worst lost in a franchise history. That's going to set them back a decade. It, it probably will, and it sure hurts the home team with the Texans to where 
I mean, they're saying Lawrence is the best prospect since Andrew Luck, and okay. he came in the he came in the division too. So, and he probably won't retire early. No, he won't have you know JJ just beating the hell out of him, making him re- retire early because you know JJ probably won't be here anymore. So that's actually a good transition. You spoke about this line moving a little bit with the Texans. It's at seven and a half now. Do you feel confident enough to to bet on the Texans to cover that? No, that means money's coming in on the Texans. They're coming in at a premium. I liked it right around that seven mark. I, I do think they can win by a touchdown. But at the same time, I don't even know what to trust on the Texans. I, I, I say if they're going to have Watson out still playing, it's for him to blow up, you know, to have a blow-up spot. And if you're going to blow up anybody, the Bengals, I mean, this yeah. is it. This is the chance for Watson to get 28, 30 points. And then next week they could say, you know what, let's pull him out. Let's take them off the field. Well, they scored 35 against the Bengals. Everyone had fun. That's all the momentum we need. Well, number four, hit the bench. No, I, I think that's a really good point. And I think the other thing to re- remember is the Bengals weren't great against the Steelers. It's just Big Ben's not playing very well right now. And I don't even want to talk about right? him with this hat you know, on right now. It's just not. The, the receiver's dropping passes. and I mean, it's just a mess. So and we'll get to that game a little later. So I, I wouldn't be worried about the Texans because you saw what the Bengals did to the Steelers. I think that was the Steelers are just kind of going through a funk right now. I'm with Jerry. I think the Texans win, you know, convincingly, but I don't know if they get to the seven and a half. This is probably one I stay away from. Totals at forty five. Do you have a lean one way or the other on that? Uh maybe over if I'm if I'm believing in the Texans scoring their uh, team total over. I think that the Bengals can play from behind some. I do think, like I said, Higgins or, or A.J. Green, someone's going off. Geo maybe gets in the end zone a few times. Uh, yeah, there's, I think for that to happen, Bengals have to score maybe 20 points, and I think that the Bengals can score 20. Okay. I, I think I'm right in that ballpark, too. I, I think Geo maybe catches a lot of passes here. They're chasing points. Yeah. I, I could see something like that. All right, well, we talked about the Steelers, so let's get to that game. They are at home. They are playing the Colts. And this one, man, it's kind of moved around. Pittsburgh started as a three-point favorite. Now it's just a straight pick them. You're a Steelers guy, Jerry. What do you think about this game? It's been exactly that. This is crazy. It's been the classic game of tug-of-war between public perception and the way the, the, the market is. It came out, or, or look ahead line, before the Steelers lost, it was three points, minus three Steelers. Okay, so what's changed? We knew the Steelers were already on, on a downfall, right? We knew that. So then what? Because they lost to the Bengals? Um, okay, so then you over you go ahead and overreact so much to where everyone came in on the perception with the Colts that they've been doing well, and then they made the Colts a favorite. Anytime that you see one favorite at a, a road favorite like that, they go from underdog to a road favorite, then all of a sudden the Sharps, as soon as they hit two, two and a half Steelers, they say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not doing that here. And then they started smashing the Steelers back. That's why you see that line now trying to find a mean and an average somewhere in between there. And that that line's all over the place. That line is scary as hell for books today. I bet. I would not be surprised if the Steelers win this game. This is the kind of game that that Vegas punches you. I always tell people it's about remembering. It's not anyone can go up there and get hot and win 20, 18 out of 20 bets, oh, 18 and 2. But it's about what you see along the ways to where you tell yourself, man, I'm not going to overreact. This is the way I saw things. When I told you about Seattle when they lost to the Giants and then the very next week the spot they were in and whatnot, all those little things, This everything that I've learned in gambling, and I'm not doing it because I got a Steelers hat on, but everything that I learned in gambling leads me to believe that today – that's when the Steelers win for whatever reason. Not that they're a great team. Not that they. This is who they. Think of a, a, of the gambling market as a rubber band, one that 
with pressure, with force, right, it, 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 it expands. But then whenever you let it go, it goes back, right? Maybe it doesn't go back to its original form. Maybe it's like the elastic band on your sweatpants right now from all the pie that you ate, okay? <laughs> and eventually when you take those pants off, maybe it doesn't go back all the way. But it goes somewhat back to the regression of the mean, right? The mean. Who, what is the mean? Maybe the market, market had overreacted when the Steelers were undefeated. Maybe they were, the market told you they were somebody who they weren't. But in the last four weeks, that market has steadily, steadily dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. So at what point does that rubber band get back to its original form? Or are we trying to make it into, you know, a pinky ring? Whatever we're trying to do, that's what it is. Don't let that rubber band get too far from what you know. I think that it reached its capacity. Okay. I agree with that completely. I think I'm going to be on the Steelers here. I want to ask you about a couple players in this game because some people have some fantasy implications here. James Conner, he's back, Jerry. You know, but I mean, are they going to give him enough work to where you'd feel confident starting him? Because Benny Snell's kind of looked better than him lately. I'm worried that Benny Snell could come out here and split the touches and and James Conner just kills you. I'm hearing a lot of talk within the organization that they like Benny Snell quite a bit. They're they're fans of him right now. Connor, you know that he's had trouble staying healthy throughout ever since he's gotten the spot. When he's in there, he can do his thing. But right now, there's just trouble everywhere within that team. But, again, with a low total, though, it's tied for the lowest total of the week. It's just scary to me. I mean, this could easily be a 21-17 game. It's, I'm hearing a little bit of, of, of a snow, just a little bit in the air. I'm not sure what to do, to do here, man. It's just, I, I think that this is, if anything that I've learned in all these years of gambling is this is when people overreact and this is when the Steelers get right. Not that they're a great team, but they're neither are the Colts. I don't think they are. I, I See, I'm, I've been kind of, you know, going against the Colts a lot this year. I, I think they've been playing better than they are. Let me ask you this. We know Rivers is playing through that toe injury. You know, with T.J. Watt all over him, that could be an issue today. The other guy I want to ask you about, because this is big. This guy's been on fire. T.Y. Hilton. Does his streak continue of these good games against this tough Steelers defense? How do you think they handle a guy like T.Y. Hilton? That's going to be tough, man, because he's going to be. It's going to be a physical game. Those Steelers uh, uh, DBs, they like to get up on you. They like to press, and then they they create so much pressure that it doesn't give you time. It's going to take, I think, a lot of that double action that that look me off and go double moves because the Steelers they gamble a lot, man. They yeah. come up and they try, and that's what Hilton can beat you. He can beat you if you gamble too much, beat him over the top. It's going to take a lot of Phillip Rivers in that weather. Um, and I'm not saying the weather's going to be crazy by any means, but it's just it's just adding a little bit a little bit of cold into this a little bit of the favoritism a little bit of the overreaction a little bit of everything i think this is maybe where the steelers get right okay I, i'm with you so starter sit ty hilton if you had him ah uh, in season longs i guess if if he's been going off for you he's gonna get you this there's a sense of trust i think there is now maybe four or five receptions hopefully he falls in the end zone you got to start him i guess okay if, he, if it was one of these like number two running backs or, or Hilton, where, what would you lean? Running two, run, number two running number back. Two because running back. it's such a low total. You're hoping that if, if 17 or 20 points, that's only two touchdowns. Say it's two touchdowns and two field goals, whatever you call it. One of those touchdowns has to be to Hilton for him to pay off. What if? Okay, so then you're saying, what if the Colts score 24 points? That's only three touchdowns. You're thinking they score 28. That's four touchdowns against the Steelers? So that's a lot. So let's say th- 21, they score 24. Three touchdowns. In a f- so out of those three touchdowns, one has to be Hilton. Where's Taylor get his? Yeah. See, that, that's what's tricky, right? Be careful with T.Y. this week. It's a tough matchup. It's a tough matchup, but you know what's up next. It's money on my mind. It's let's get flexy. It's one hour left till kickoff. It's the NFL Fantasy Playoffs. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Wait, can you please-
My name is Bob Lee, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.